Coming up, what the police investigators were telling us as reporters was, we have found clear evidence there are likely other victims out there. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. This past March, an Oregon man was charged with two murders. One, authorities say he committed in 2020. The other, more than two decades earlier, in 1999. And investigators say they're still trying to figure out why. Investigators don't know a motive. We don't have specific evidence to lead us to believe one way or another uh, if they met a crime or um, in any way, shape, or form had any connection. Galen Adlin, you've been covering this story for KGW in Portland, Oregon, and it's not often that you see an indictment that ties together alleged murders that occurred more than 20 years apart. Yeah, that's the wild part of it. The cases span from 1999 to 2020, all the way until now in 2021 when we're seeing this action. And until then, until now, really, police have never had any connections between any of these people. So it's really interesting to see how it's all developed. Let's go through each of these cases separately, and then we'll get of course, back to the recent arrest. But the first case takes us all the way back to 1999. And at the time, I understand it wasn't necessarily known to be even a homicide case. What happened back in 1999? Yeah, well, in July of 1999, a man named Mark Gribben here in Portland, Oregon, he was a United Airlines employee. He was reported missing to the Portland Police Bureau. He had taken an unexpected day off. Family and friends hadn't heard from him, which they said was unexpected. And a couple weeks went by before police could even find his car. They then searched his house and found evidence they said that indicated that he may be dead. But they never found him. And they also found some unknown DNA evidence from somebody else in his house. They weren't able to track that down to anybody until almost 20 years later. But that first disappearance is what was linked to this originally, but nobody ever knew until pretty recently. And so is there anything else that happens? You mentioned that they did recover some DNA evidence in the initial investigation. But is there anything else significant that happens until, you know, the last couple of years? Or does it just kind of go cold? Well, that's the thing. It pretty much went cold uh, about a year later in August of 2000, which is when the Oregon State Medical Examiner's Office issued a presumptive death certificate for Mark Dribben. And the criminal homicide investigation went cold after that. So fast forward almost really 20 years later, March 2019, The homicide investigation of Mark Dribben was reopened by the Portland Police Bureau, the cold case unit, and the DNA evidence was submitted to a lab that was found in the home of Mark Dribben, of that unknown person. And then what really was interesting to me about this, what was told to us as reporters in the press conference last week, when this was all unfolding, was that that DNA evidence um, was linked to this other man's family. So they said, it's got to be one of these brothers of the Loverin family. And that's how they ended up tracking down this person who became the suspect. So tell me about that suspect that investigators end up zeroing in on in, in 2019. Yeah, so in September of 2019, so a few months after March 2019, when that evidence was submitted to the lab for a review, the DNA, Christopher Loverin was identified as that potential suspect based on that forensic evidence. Then another month, a couple months later in November, the Portland Police Bureau cold case homicide detectives interviewed him regarding the death of Mark Dribben. But right after that, 
nothing really happened. They questioned him, but they didn't arrest him. There were no charges filed. Then in February 2020, a different man disappeared named Kenneth Griffin. There's still no connection at this point to any of these cases that we've talked about, about that previous disappearance from 1999, about the interview with Christopher Loverin for that case. Just so happens this other man disappeared. Nobody knew what happened to him. But then a couple months later, in April 2020, police had enough DNA evidence to charge Loverin for the Mark Dribben case back in 1999. When they arrested him, they then got a warrant to search his property, and that's where they found the body of the other man who disappeared in 2020, Kenneth Griffin. He was dismembered in a shed. So all of a sudden, these two seemingly separate cases from 1999 and 2020 are tied to the same person. And as you mentioned, it was a really disturbing scene. The body of Kenneth Griffin had been dismembered. And by the sound of it, there might have even been evidence recovered there suggesting there could be more victims. Well, and that's what's really grim about this. So what the police investigators were telling us as reporters was, we have found clear evidence there are likely other victims out there. We just have... um clear evidence that there may be additional victims. Exactly what that evidence is, we can't release. But then they couldn't tell us what that evidence was because now this is a very active investigation, as you can imagine. They don't want to mess up the investigation by putting too many details out there that could make it so that they couldn't take this to court later. It's really scary, though, to hear that that's what they're looking for now. They're asking anyone who might know of people who disappeared um, during a certain amount of time based off of the evidence that they found. They want people to come forward to say, hey, maybe I know someone that Christopher Loverin may have been involved with that may have been another victim. After the search of Loverin's property then, I assume investigators take him into custody. Is he then charged in both of these cases or, or are they still looking for evidence to charge him in the Dribben case? Do we, do we know that? Well, from what I understand here in the timeline that Portland Police Bureau released to reporters is that they charged Loverin separately for the Mark Dribben case before they even found out about Kenneth Griffin. Hmm. When they searched Loverin's property, that's when they found Kenneth Griffin and they said, oh wow, this runs deeper than we even expected. You've got a body on your property, so clearly there's something else going on here. They charged him for that case as well. And then a grand jury indicted him for both counts of murder, along with several other charges for, say, owning guns as a felon and also abuse of a corpse in the case of Kenneth Griffin. But yeah, that was definitely a big bombshell in the case when they found another person on his property. You mentioned that Back in 1999, 2000, one of the big reasons that the case did go cold and that investigators didn't have strong leads to follow was that they didn't have a body. Is Mark Dribben's body, assuming he is dead, still missing? It's still missing. And that's what's really wild about this as well. Both the police and the DA's office told us, we don't know where his body is. And it's up to Christopher Loverin to cooperate with us if we're going to find him. Do we know anything else about this 20-year window between these two cases, specifically with regard to what Christopher Loverin's life looked like, what he was up to, or is all of that still a mystery at this point? So police don't know a whole lot about Christopher Loverin's life in that 20-year span because they didn't suspect him of a crime at the time, so he wasn't necessarily being watched for one. We do know that in his personal life and his work, he was working for a metal fabrication company in Tualatin, Oregon. 
Um, apart from that, there's not a whole lot. We know which area of town he lived in, uh, nearby where some of the other potential victims may have been living, according to police. Uh, they put out some information saying, if you know anyone who lived under this certain bridge under a certain period of time, please come forward. If, if you know that they disappeared and you haven't heard from them, they may be a victim in this case. Very specific details like that, but we don't really know why, because police will not release more information about what the evidence is that they found. But other than that, we don't know a whole lot about Christopher Loverin before this case came to light. Of course, in all of this, there are two families mourning the death of a loved one. And for the family of Mark Dribben, then it's been over 20 years that they've that they've been dealing with that grief and and not knowing really what happened. Have they had anything to say either recently or or back when he first went missing? Yeah, like you said, it's got to be really painful for a family going through this uh, again 20 years later, especially considering that police have never found Mark Dribben's body. We did hear from the family back in 1999 or 2000. I believe it was actually 2001 when we heard from the family last. The family would just like to have some closure and some justice. When they came to Portland from California to basically put a plea out into the community saying, hey, your authorities believe our family member is dead. We don't know where he is, but there's someone out there responsible for this. It's got to be up to you as a community to come together and find this person. We're still going to need the support and we're going to need the help of the public. And so far, that hasn't happened. We have not heard from that family, at least as the media, we haven't heard from them uh, in this particular case now in 2021 as everything else is coming to light. We also have not heard from Kenneth Griffin's family. We have heard a little bit of information about who Kenneth Griffin is, but there's much less information about who Kenneth Griffin was because we haven't heard from his family directly yet, and police haven't said a whole lot about him. Um, But that's one of those things that we'll likely learn more about when the case unfolds. This has been developing quickly. It's been a lot of information all at once. But where do things stand with Christopher Leverin now? Where is he, and where can we expect the case to go from here? Yeah, Christopher Leverin is being held in the Multnomah County Jail right now. He was in court very recently, indicted by a grand jury on these counts of murder and the several other charges. So at this point, we're waiting for the case to unfold. Police are trying to develop their evidence. They're asking the community for more help to come forward and identifying other potential victims. So right now, we're really waiting to see when he's going to be back in court and see if the evidence will stand to convict him for these first charges and see if anything else comes to light. Galen Etlin with KGW in Portland. You'll have to keep us posted as this does develop and as we learn all that information. Thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. Will do. Thank you so much. And thank you for joining us on this episode of The Daily Crime. If this is your first time joining us, we have new episodes every day, Monday through Friday. So you're going to want to make sure you hit subscribe or follow on whatever podcast app you use. And if you're a regular listener, let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you happen to be looking for more true crime, you can check out our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, which features a new case every Monday. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.